good morning and good afternoon, depending on wherever you at the time of this recording. This is episode 82 of the Restricted Zone podcast, and I'm with a great crew, the usual crew. Chris, introduce yourself, man. Yo, what's going on, everybody? Let's make it a good one. Absolutely. Jonin, introduce yourself, man. Yes, sir. We got MVP talk, playoff talk. Let's get into it. Let's have a good episode. Let's get it. Kendrick, introduce yourself, man. It's the all-knowing, the smartest man on the podcast. It's your boy. <laughs> yes, sir. Johnny, introduce yourself, man. Hello, world. Just Johnny tapping in, baby. Hey, let's just get Kendrick a t-shirt at this point. Yeah, <laughs> let's just get him a t-shirt. Let's just get him a t-shirt. I'm definitely feeling it. Uh, Joe, it. Go ahead, Joni. Y'all talking RCP merch? Ah, you know, I don't know. I thought the Kendrick. Johnny got, he brought the idea. Go ahead, Johnny. Oh, I mean, hey, yeah, he might as well put the smart, smartest man on the podcast. Put that on the t-shirt. Smartest man on the podcast. I'm a yeah, little like <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jody, go ahead. Take All right, on. let's go. All right, so 14 weeks of the NFL season have come and gone. The Philadelphia Eagles so far are the only team, the first and only team in the league to clinch a playoff spot. So who's going to be next to clinch? Who's going to be left out? Also, Pat Mahomes and Jalen Hurts have pulled away as the two frontrunners for MVP, and I'm going to ask the fellas who their pick is for the MVP in 2022. Both of those MVP candidates are part of a dynamic duo. So who has the best offensive connection in the NFL? We're going to get into all that. But first, we're going to start with a new developing story coming out of the NFL today. The league is discussing a rule change regarding roughing the passer calls and defenseless hits. League representatives have asked the league office to explore policy updates regarding consequences for each penalty. In particular, they want to make sure that each penalty is reviewable for a possible automatic ejection or for the penalty to be overturned. So, Kendrick, I'm going to start with you. Um, simple question. Will this potential rule change improve or hurt the quality of play in the league? Uh, listen, I think it's going to – well, anything that new coming to the league, it kind of hurts the league at first because they overdo it. They're, like, very, like, oh, let's just call it to be safe. So you'll have to deal with that for probably about a season dealing because it's just like uh even when um when they had the pass interference rule where you could challenge that like you saw how that changed the game and you know how that ended up but I feel like things anytime anything's new brought in it's going to be a subtle change you got to get used to it and then once they figure out their niche of it and being like okay we can start call, calling this and doing it at the right time versus the wrong time and really being that judge of character of it then I feel like it's going to it's going to work out in the long run. But in like the short term of things, it's going to be like a complete mess. And I feel like a lot of people are going to complain about it. Well, Chris, how do you feel? Do you feel like this is something that's necessary? Do you feel like there should be more penalties that are reviewable? Should this not be reviewable? Should it just be up to what the officials see on the field, their judgment? I mean, I... I think it's good that they want to try to review the roughing the passer call because obviously based off of this year alone, we've seen countless questionable roughing the passer calls that have dictated how games end or how momentum just shifts to another team. I mean, Grady Jarrett, Jordan Phillips, just a couple of examples to throw out there. Uh, um, I do think that 
like Kendrick said, when you first when the if if it gets voted in and it gets implemented, like starting off that first year, they're gonna be it's gonna be a lot of slow of slow progress in the games. It's gonna be a lot of swag stones, it's gonna be a lot of booth reviews. So it's gonna be uh, very time consuming and as viewing the fans of the game, we might get tired of watching the product while this course of action takes place. But I think it's just for me, just when we look at the rough and the passer call I feel like that's the one that needs to be more so looked at than a defenseless hit. Because for the most part, I mean, it should still be reviewable, but we know the rules when it comes to, a def- to hitting a defenseless receiver, whatever the case may be. I think, well, if I'm from the pastor, that one's more so questionable because, or not questionable, but more important, because of the fact that we've seen, like, defenders go after the quarterback and try not to put all the weight on them or try not to hit them below the waist or try not to make helmet-to-helmet contact. We saw the – we've seen linemen take very major precautions to make sure that they don't hurt quarterbacks, and yet somehow they're still being penalized for roughing the passer. I mean, what I used to think roughing the passer was after two steps after the quarterback already gets rid of the ball and then the QB gets hit, that's what roughing the passer call is. I didn't think that, you know, just tackling somebody and then trying not to put all your weight on them was rough in the past. So I feel like that'll be good. But it's again, if it gets voted in, it's going to be a lot of slow stoppage in the game. And that's going to make the game very time consuming and boring to watch. But if it gets voted in, hopefully, and I hope it does, because I think they need to be reviewed because of all the questionable calls that we've seen this year. I think that moving forward, it would help. It will benefit the NFL a lot more and benefit the defensive players a lot more. Now, Johnny, this feels like a silly question, but, I feel like the league is, for like the past 10, 15 years now, they have tried everything under the book to protect the quarterback. At some point, we're going to just see quarterback hits just completely phase out. Like, like, is that a possibility to where, all right, we're just, you know, once you get, it'll be like training camp. Like, you get too close to the quarterback and then, boom, they're just going to blow the whistles. Like, is that far out of the realm or, you know, I'm not going crazy? But, I wouldn't not too that's not too benign to think that. Um I would agree with you on that one to an extent because um at the rate this is see it's all right. Well one thing I, the way I feel with this whole situation is is like like you said, they the NFL and in the NFL PA they they've taken steps over like the past decade plus to ensure safety for quarterbacks and defenseless players and they put in they put in programs in the off season. They've like, you know, passed on passed down techniques to coaches to pass on the players. And but the thing is you gotta you gotta give them some leeway because at the end of the day, like you said, in, in practice, they're hit they're tackling dummies. Um they're not and it's kind of it's way different than tackling than, than in the game because, you know, it's it's not a dummy. It's a running back or a receiver or a quarterback that's trying their best not to get tackled. So it's kind of hard to wrap up but I will say over the past few seasons the tackling has gotten somewhat better um the awareness has stepped up but at the end of the day I do agree with the idea of making it reviewable because you got to give these guys some leeway and um like like Chris mentioned there was a couple of plays this year that just like it was just ridiculous a couple of which um that stood out to me was I bet back in week five um I think uh the Falcons played the um the Bucks, and it was like a crucial. It was like a crucial drive for the Falcons. needed to stop. Grady Jarrett, he, uh, he tackled Tom Brady and swung him down, and uh, Tom Brady kicked at him. They called a rough and a passer call. I do not. I it was it was ridiculous. It, he grabbed him by the race. He took him down. Didn't even fall on him. It was a clean t- 
tackle. Tom Brady actually got mad and kicked at him and got fined for it. But yet and still, that they got they, they threw the flag and it cost the Falcons the game ultimately. And then the if y'all watched the game last night, everybody saw that that uh 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 who was that? Jalen Phillips on Justin Herbert hit. Um, I have no clue with that. Uh, I'm sorry, Monday night. I'm sorry, not last night, Monday night. But uh, I have no clue why they threw that flag. That was one of the mo- that was one of the cleanest sacks I've seen. And they threw the flag. So you got to make these things you got to make these things reviewable. And um, honestly, me as an Eagles fan, I, there was a play I remember a couple weeks ago. I think Marcus Epps leaned in with his shoulder and he got called for a flag. So it doesn't get any cleaner than that. And they're still calling flags and they're not being challenged. I'm glad with that, but I do question. The fact that, you know, automatic ejections, I don't know who's that decided up to, the refs. So I don't know how the scenario plays in that notion. I'm guessing, like, if they review it and they lose the review, do do they have the decision, the referees, to boot the player out or whatever? I'm not sure. I feel like that that call would probably come from New York. Okay. I think New York would, like, tell the officials, like, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, well, ultimately, like, yeah, like, perhaps, like, all right, it's, so this could this could remove some this could remove remove some controversial aspects like in the future of certain plays, but uh, I I don't know. I it's it, it's getting it's getting weird to say. Um, I like the reviewable part, but I definitely question that ejection part. I don't think these players are directly trying to hurt hurt each other. Uh, one chime in on your question, uh, Jonan, about the. Taking yeah, quarterbacks not um, being hit. See, the reason why that actually won't be phased out, the quarterback will always need to get hit, is because you have to look at athletes like Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts, Justin Fields. These are all now mobile quarterbacks, you know? So if it's like, oh, well, if they get too close, how can you determine that on what kind of quarterback? Because it won't be evenly called because – Okay, like Tom Brady, they get too close. <clears throat> you can call that and be like, oh, hey, he's down. But like somebody like Lamar, who can escape the pocket and has the ability to get and get, you know, can break off a run and is uh, mobile, that, you know, that takes that takes a whole step out of his game if that's involved. Or that makes it makes it like, oh, it's we got to pick and choose what player it is. And then, then like people will look at that as like, Oh, well, why doesn't my quarterback get that? You know, or why doesn't my quarterback get the same leeway as this quarterback? So I feel like all in all, they can't, they, there's like no way for them not to be able to take out hitting the quarterback and the game still work or run smoothly. He makes a point. Justin Herbert is like a pocket passer. So he probably gets that respect early in his career. So if he gets like, like that, not that Tom Brady respect, but. I, f- I do feel like if certain quarterbacks got tackled those exact same ways, like a Josh Allen or the other players you mentioned, I do agree that the calls might not have been thrown. Yeah, for sure. Um, it, it's, I know that's why I asked, like I said before, like before I asked that question, that it, it is a silly question, but it's something that, you know, it's probably discussed, it's probably thought of, but, you know, no one ever just brings it up because it's kind of, it seems far-fetched, but with the way that, the league is trending. It just feels like, like ten years from now, fifteen years from now, like that'll be a thing. Like, you know, two hand touch will be a thing. Like, it seems yeah, silly yeah, now. Hard hard. Yeah, but you know, that's something for the league to think about. I think there's gonna is gonna go to a vote in March, so that's for then. But you know, to bring it back to now and bring it back to this current season, let's get into this playoff race. Um, 
it's very it's very wide open in the AFC right now. The NFC is kind of is is kind of shaping out. You know, the Eagles, of course, they're two games ahead of the Vikings for the number one seed. But in the AFC, Bills and Chiefs neck and neck. The Ravens and Bengals are still not out of it. But I'm just gonna go just go to a quick rundown the AFC. So the Bills currently in the one seed, ten and three. The Chiefs leading the AFC West. They are tied, but due to a tiebreaker, the Bills have the number one seed. The Ravens are in the three spot at nine and four. The Titans at seven and six are the fourth seed. So the wild card, you have the Bengals nine and four. They're tied with the Ravens at nine and four, but the Ravens hold a tiebreaker over the Bengals. So the Bengals are in the wild card spot. Dolphins at eight and five, and the Patriots in that last wild card spot at seven and six. The Chargers and the Jets are both seven and six, but they are in the hunt right there with the Patriots. They're tied. In the NFC, of course, the Eagles one seed, twelve and one. Vikings ten and three. Eagles are essentially three games up on the Vikings because of the tiebreaker. They won in the head-to-head back in week two. The 49ers, nine and four, on a I believe a six-game winning streak. Nine and four, they're in the three spot. The Buccaneers, by default, get a home playoff game. Fortunately, they're at six and seven in the four seed. Cowboys are the first wild card team in the NFC at ten and three. The Commanders and Giants hold the final two wild card spots at seven, five, and one. Now it gets really crazy here in the NFC because in the hunt we got about five teams, and three of them are because of the NFC South, Panthers, Falcons, Saints. So they're technically all still in it, even though they shouldn't be. Seahawks seven and six, and the Lions are creeping up. Watch out, Lions six and seven. They are still in it. So, Chris, I'm going to ask you, which race is the most exciting to you out of each conference, just in general? Okay, I'm just going to be biased only because my favorite team is an AFC side, so I'm looking more to towards the AFC side of things just because um, not so much looking at my team itself because I, I don't trust that we're going to do anything in these next four weeks, but just looking from the teams in the hunt like the Jets, the Chargers, those are teams that are just like one game, two games right out of that a wild card spot. I think it's going to be interesting to see that play out just for me personally, because I feel like not only are positions or I won't say that, yeah, not only are playoff spots on the line, but I think jobs are on the line when it comes to this. For example, I think that let's just say the Chargers, if they're just unable to make the playoffs again, I think they need to start looking at possibly getting like getting another coach and firing Brandon Staley um, because of the fact that he came in to the Chargers as a supposedly as a defensive guru. And while he has had to deal with injuries on the defensive side, um, his defense is always still lacking no matter who they pick up. And not only that though, but because he's so over aggressive, he's cost his he's he's cost his team wins that they should have had. So I feel like something like that would be interesting to see. Obviously the Patriots and the Jets right there and then mix both of them in the AFC East. First, we thought we saw these as both teams that were still on the verge of just rebuilding. We didn't think we thought that we didn't think that they were going to be this good, be able to be a playoff team. But the fact that they're both in the race, basically against each other, because I feel like the Bills are about to run away with it with AFC East, and I feel like the Dolphins are okay as long as they just continue to win. I feel like that will be more exciting. And also, I'm not really, I don't really want to see the NFC, the NFC side because. I don't the outside of the Lions possibly making it, which would be very impressive because their offense has looked very, very good over the past month. 
I don't really want to know if the anybody from the NFC South outside of the Buccaneers to make it. Like it sounds weird that to me that the Panthers, a team that look, that was supposedly trying to rebuild, or now have a chance to be a playoff team. The Saints, who go through whatever they're going through right now with, with their injuries, the, possibly a playoff team. The Falcons, a team that we thought was going to be dead in the water, possibly a playoff team. And I think just that from a viewership standpoint, I feel like if any of those teams somehow got into the playoffs, I don't think it would be fun to watch outside of the Lions. The Lions would be the only team that I'd be excited to see if they were able to get in that able to get in that playoffs push. But outside of that, though, I don't want to turn on a wild card weekend game and see the Falcons or the Panthers play when I know that they're probably going to get destroyed with whoever they play against. So that for that, that's why I feel like the AFC is just going to be more exciting. I really want to see how these next four weeks dictate everything. And like I said, I know the Raiders technically still have a chance to get in, but they need a lot to happen, a lot to happen. But we've seen crazier things before happen. So Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. I mean, you can't say the whole NFC picture is kind of boring because just imagine if that entire – NFC East division got into the playoffs, and the Giants were able to somehow get healthy right up until the playoffs and hang on and stay in it. I mean, the Seahawks and Lions would be pretty good underdog stories, but just having all four teams of one division in the playoffs and perhaps them being the final four, it's just, I don't know, that's just something I keep bringing up because this is like a dream of mine. We've never seen it happen, and I don't know. Also, I'm super biased, of course, Eagles fan, but, hey, it would be nice to see Kendrick. The entire NFC East and the entire AFC East could both make the playoffs. Is that something that's very possible? Like, could you see that happening? Um, to be honest, uh, yeah, I could definitely see the NFC East more so uh, being uh, it being done than uh, AFC East. And the only reason why I say that is because the Bengals. The bang. I don't see. I don't see how. I don't see any. I don't see who is it. The Jets. I don't see how even the, the Jets or the Patriots. How any of those two teams can catch up or even. Uh, can I can I offer a situation? What happens? Let me know. Let me hear. Can it. Let offer me hear a scenario. How Let about the Ravens collapse? The Bengals win the AFC North. The Ravens collapse, just have a terrible end of the season finish. I don't know, nine and eight. But they probably won't lose out, but maybe like ten and seven. Right? And then the I don't know how tiebreakers would work, but the Jets finish ten and seven and they get the seventh seed. Patriots are the sixth seed. And the Dolphins, of course, take the five and the Bengals move up to three. That's very possible. To say yeah, but but the only thing you forgot though is how are the Chargers going to be doing in this? What are, what are the Chargers doing? Because they're they're ahead of the Jets. I mean, even though they have the same record, they're they're eighth, and the Jets are ninth. They're on, like so, unless the Chargers also take a, a stumble as well, which is so very possible. It's possible. I will say that, but I just I don't know. I don't really see it. I mean, if if the um, Ravens defense steps up. And you know, really takes over while Lamar's recovering from his injury. I feel like they still have a chance to keep that third seed. They have a very strong chance to keep that third seed if their defense really steps up and play how they're supposed to play. 
Well, if the Ravens uh, say the Ravens, you know, they lose the AFC North to the Bengals, could they still hang on and get a wild card spot? One hundred percent, one hundred percent. Okay. Because I don't, I don't, I don't. I mean, like right now, they're both, they're both nine and four. So honestly, even if like the Bengals were to take it, and like if it comes down to the last game of the season, and one goes to the Bengals way, the other one goes to the Ravens way, I still feel like they, I feel like the Ravens dropping down. I still think they make the playoffs um, ahead of the ahead of the Jets. I still see that happening. All right, fair enough. Um, Johnny, AFC or NFC? You know, there's we we are forgetting one big uh, race, and that's the AFC top seed. Because I'll just tell you now, depending on whoever is home for that game, odds are they're going to win that game in the AFC Championship, whether it's the Chiefs or the Bills. So Getting that number one seed, getting that bye, and getting home field advantage is very crucial. So, yeah, absolutely. With that being said, um, and honestly, just to answer that direct question, in the near future, I got Kansas City uh, mopping the Texans and Buffalo going into a slugfest with Miami this upcoming week. Um, my, Buffalo 7-2 in the conference so far. Kansas City is 6-3 and three in their conference so far in AFC. So not only a game apart, respectively, but check this. Kansas City's 4-0 in their division. Buffalo has struggled in theirs. So, I got, I mean, I, I, can, I can see Kansas City catching Buffalo for that one spot. That's not out the picture, especially, like, depending on scheduling. But Mahomes is starting to come on a little bit. Um, but there is one thing I did want to point out. Um, on the NFC, on the NFC side, this is a little bit, but before I get to the, um, back to the AFC side, because that's mad exciting, I just want to drop this little side note. The NFC's got a couple of big games coming up. I think we got the Seahawks and the Niners, um, for Thursday night football, and that's a big game for the Seahawks. Like you said, they're in a hunt, seven and six. Might be the best Thursday night matchup of the season, bro. Hands. I mean, the Chiefs and Chargers was pretty good, but. Yep. This Thursday night football talking, needs it. What are talking about playoff implications? Let's see what Geno Smith is about. We, me and Kyle have been riding that wave, so we'll see. We'll see what he's really about now. Uh, but I mean, Niners down, Jimmy G. We'll, we'll still see. But that that's interesting. And also Washington, Washington and, Gi- and the Giants, exact same record, both seven five, and they both tie. But the tie is, is with each other. Uh, but the only difference is the Giants can't. They just can't escape their division. I mean, the NFC East seems competitive, but if you really look at it, the Giants are 0-3 and 1. They don't win in the division. At least Washington has one win in the division, unfortunately. Sorry about that, um, fellas. Sorry. That pains me, too. But needless to say, the Giants are in trouble in the long run because – That loss in the long – not the cut They don't off, win but, in the division. No, what? Yeah, that loss to Washington was honestly much needed for the Eagles and for multiple yep. reasons. But, yeah, go ahead. Absolutely. And, and like, yeah, even – Absolutely, and then on even at it, it's a divisional loss. That actually, like, that was a you talk about coffee with an espresso shot. That's that type of wake up call. That would have that would have that, that's what it was for us. But speaking of that, um, back to my point, you have to win in your division, and that also brings me up to that fourth seed right now in the NFC, which is Tampa Bay. Um, they're there strictly off of being three and one in their division. Like that's the only reason they're there. You got Atlanta's creeping, but they're one and three in their division. You got Carolina. That they're they're five and eight, but they're also three and one in their division. So like they got the best chance to make something happen. It's all about when it comes down to like filling in these playoff playoff slots. It's all about these divisional wins, and that's I, those, those are two interesting games that pop up to me coming up in, in the NFC. But in, in the, as far as the AFC is concerned, 
I wish the playoffs started right now because this is the most exciting. Like, if the playoffs started right now, of course Buffalo would get that one seed. But here, look at this matchup. I, I checked this out on via, via CBS Sports uh, scenarios. If the playoffs started right now, New England will be matched up with Kansas City. Miami will be going to Baltimore, and Cincinnati will be going to the uh, Tennessee. And that is exciting wild, wild card football. That is exciting. Like, that would be an exciting weekend just in the a- AFC side. Like, that would be so, so exciting to watch. But we'll see what happens. Um, like you said, I got I, I do agree with the uh, previous statement of the Ravens uh, surpassing the Jets if worse comes to worse, just based off the, uh, the non, the, you know, lack of quarterback situation. I like Mike White going on, but I think, like, when it comes down to experience and playoff time, I think, uh, you know, Baltimore, uh, they'll surpass – New York in, in, in that in that token right there in that category. But um this is this is exciting guys. This is very this is very much exciting. As long as the Eagles clinch that one seed. Let's go birds. <laughs> you just had to throw that in there at the end. Yes sir though. Um yeah, two more ones for the Eagles. Even if that Christmas Eve game goes just for whatever reason just goes wrong, because of course I feel like this Sunday Chicago should be even if they play terrible football, should still beat that team by at least 10 points. But if for whatever reason that Cowboys game doesn't go the Eagles' way, they still have the Saints and Giants at home to finish the season. So that one seed, um, it's just as good as ours, really, it's ours to lose. Um, but before we move on, is there any team in the NFC South that you think could just pull off the impossible? Panthers. That's just about it. I can't believe I'm saying that, but that they got they they're three and one. They just won on the road against another potential playoff team. They're, so wow, thought they were dead. And I thought ain't this team who's and they selling the team like. <laughs> I think it's been sold, but yeah, it's been so okay. Yeah. Kendrick, uh, listen, I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> NFC with the NFC South, I I, I Tampa Bay's going Tampa Bay's going to take it out. There, I'm not even going to entertain anybody else because, like, looking at who the NFC South plays, um, I mean the Panthers have a strong chance to win. They play the Steelers, uh, and then you have the Falcons against the Saints. So it's just like you know whoever can be less terrible. But you know I'm leaning more towards the Saints size on that one because they they um Falcons Falcons going to start their uh, rookie quarterback right? Is this going to be his first start or was that last? Sunday. Yeah, I think yeah, Mariota's Mariota's down. Yeah, so it's the I rookie. So, start. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, so it's the rookie starting. So I mean, we'll we'll get to see someone new. So I think the Falcons are really like, if we win, we win. If we get there, we get there. If we don't, we don't. But like, we're gonna start looking towards the future and seeing how that shapes out. Uh, but I will say, I will say this though. Uh. Watch out for, let's see, watch the out Lions. the Lions. Because, one, they're playing the Jets this weekend. Honestly, that's yeah. going to be a very important game. That's going to be on for both of them because it's that's, like. That's in the Meadowlands, right? Uh, is it? I, I think so. Well, I was going to say they've already won there once this season, so. So, uh. Yeah. It's looking. It's yeah, looking you're right. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. I'm about to say three one in their division. They might. You're right about that. Respectively, five and four in the conference. So I mean, yeah, that conference tiebreaker. They they don't have to jump two teams though, but. Oh, 
This is going to be some good football, fellas. The next what month? Yeah, it should be. Merry, and Merry Christmas. The playoff <laughs> races are heating up, but also the MVP race. I mean, it. There, there, there are a few candidates. You know, Josh Allen, Tua Tungavailoa, Joe Burrow. They're all having great seasons, but I feel like Jalen Hurts and Pat Mahomes. They've pulled ahead to the top of the odds. First of all, Vegas has them at the top. I think Jalen Hurts just surpassed uh, Pat Mahomes. Pat is second. So they pulled ahead to the top of the odds and the discussions for the most part in, you know, mainstream media. So Jalen Hurts, just an incredible jump from year two to year three. I don't know what that brother did in the offseason. Of course, acquiring A.J. Brown helped a ton to put him alongside Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard, Quez Watkins. But just his individual play has just – it's just – it's just night and day from last year in his rookie year. He's thrown for 3,157 yards on 388 attempts. He has 22 passing touchdowns, but just three interceptions. And that's really the key for all of his stats, in my opinion, outside of the rushing numbers. Three interceptions, and I think only two fumbles lost. He is protecting the football. That's how you, that's how you go 12-1 and one when you protect the football. And, of course, he has 686 rushing yards. And 10 touchdowns. So he's the second player in the NFL history with 10 rushing touchdowns in consecutive seasons. Now, Pat Mahomes is Pat Mahomes. We know what he can do. He's already won the MVP. He's a Super Bowl champion. He's a Super Bowl MVP. $500 million contract. He's been on the Madden cover twice. He's Pat Mahomes. You know, he's thrown for 4,000 yards. He has about 120 more attempts than Jalen. So 4,000 more yards is expected. Uh, excuse me, a thousand more yards, four thousand yards passing. It, you know that's expected. Thirty-three touchdowns. He has thrown eleven interceptions, and his rushing numbers kind of irrelevant. You know, two hundred rush yards, two touchdowns. So I mean, Johnny, I'll, I'll start with you, and I feel like I, I know your answer. That's why I'm starting with you. Who's your MVP of the 2022 season? Jalen or Pat? I, obviously, my guy Jalen Hurts, but I'm gonna tell you why. And, I, and yes, I am biased, but I'm gonna hit you with some. I'm gonna hit you with some facts right here. This is what this is what the NFL MVP means to me because I I agree I like I, uh, in addition to all the stats you said, Jonah, he's first in everything, interception, lowest interception percentage, passer rating, rushing touchdowns, blah blah blah. But here's the thing that stands out to me for that for that for that trophy. Um, I personally believe the NFL is a what have you done for me lately type of league, and I believe these quarterbacks are starting to not not show themselves but they're starting to slip a little bit and and i and, all right so i'll go i'll go with the past few weeks uh, uh pat uh, pat mahomes um he just um he went three for three against the broncos three picks the most he's thrown all year in a game and the week before that he lost to the Bengals. so i mean at the end of the day he is what he is but in the past two to three weeks he's showed a little bit of the human side josh allen um, Johnny. yes sir When's, go ahead, man. Yes, sir. You hear me? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, all right, cool. And yeah. I move. I, I move on to Josh Allen from there. Um, I, I just want to add that yeah, wins and losses shouldn't be really counted as a QB stat. It's okay. a team game. I kind of look at. The, well, I mean, if you want to look at stats, right? He, he 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 threw three picks. He threw three picks. He started showing. My my thing is they started. These put Josh Allen and uh, Pat Mahomes, the only two quarterbacks that could have been said in the MVP race with Jalen Hurts, started showing, started making more mistakes in the past few weeks than Jalen Hurts had. That was my bottom point to this. Um, 
Uh, I got Josh okay. Allen just had a season. He just threw for a season low in 147 yards. Uh, I think just what was this last week, uh, week 14 against the Jets, uh, they punted on like five straight drives to open the game up. But at the end of the day, Jalen Hurts, on however, in the past three in the past three weeks, he's accounted for nearly a thousand yards of offense, a uh, thousand yards of offense, and the, the Eagles have put up 123 total points. So that's why I believe that like not just what he's done since the season started, but he what he's doing recently, given the type of time that we end it's playoff time it's the end of the season and he's still consistent and these other quarterbacks Pat Mahomes Josh Allen they've shown a little bit they they showed a little bit more they've made a little bit more mistakes than than uh Jalen Hurts and he continues to outlast the critics I do I do believe that it shouldn't be based on record but based off of like stats and quarterback performance Jalen Hurts has outperformed in the most in one of the most important months of the NFL season well, Chris, I mean, how, how how do you feel about that? Do you feel like turnovers should hold that much weight in determining, you know, the most valuable player to his team? Um, I definitely think they do. And obviously, I feel like at this point, up until last week, it was Patrick Mahomes' race to lose. But after that performance he had against the Broncos, I do believe that now Jalen Hurts should be the front runner just because of – I, everything that Johnny said, I mean, Jalen Hurts has played the best football out of any quarterback this year. And, again, Patrick Mahomes was the front runner and was that personal MVP until that three-pick performance against the Broncos. And, again, they barely won that game, a game against a team that has already been eliminated from the playoffs, that we're already looking at, that we're already, like, look forward to them next year, see what they do differently. So I feel like when it comes to that and then just – on top of the fact the Eagles are have the best record in the league right now, I think it does make sense to make Jalen Hurts MVP. And, I mean, it's good for him. He put in a lot of work in the offseason. He improved a lot. He, has, he answered a lot of questions. He proved a lot of doubters wrong. And he's excelling. And now he put himself in a position to not only be the starting quarterback on, on probably the number one team in the NFC come playoff time, but now he's also put himself into a position where – Come this offseason, the Eagles are going to have to give him that, give him that contract. Whatever he wants, he has to get because he proved that since you gave him all these pieces that he needs, he can excel in this offense and he can excel as a quarterback. So he Chris, has to win MVP. It, 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 it's his it's his race to lose now. Chris talking. Let's keep that transition to basketball next. Next episode. Uh, the Sixers still stink. That don't mean nothing. <laughs> Relax. Let's stick on the sport at, at hand right now. Relax. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're not talking basketball until February, all right? I mean, y'all talk it every week, but, yeah. you know, we'll get there. Go ahead, Kendrick. I'm going to hear you chiming on this. <laughs> all right. So, listen, y'all talking about record not important and shouldn't be a stat, but, I mean, at the end of the day, he is the quarterback. The offense starts with the quarterback. So, I feel like you have to consider record in it because I feel like you should always consider record on how well someone's playing and how much, and that shows by how much effort they're putting in. Cause it's like, Oh, are they really like, or is he really putting in all his effort um, in to help his team win or even do his best ability to make sure his team wins? Cause it's like, sometimes maybe you can't do it. And you can tell because like, if he's out here going and giving you 300 yards and X amount of like three touchdowns every game, almost 
you got to look at him. And if his defense isn't holding up, I mean, yeah, but the wins and losses are still counting because you can see in the effort and what they do, what they do, and how it turns out into the season and how it turns out at the end of the game. But in my opinion, I think it's Jalen Hurts. Just so one thing is the record. Another thing is he is being such a dual threat and uh, tearing the league by storm with his ability to pass, his running game, um, having only thrown, being number one in interceptions with the least amount of interceptions with only three thrown the entire season. Uh, he's protecting the ball. Has a, He has had a, a, quite a few fumbles, but none that were lost. It was just fumbles that we recovered, and then yes, he may he may, he'll be he'll be in the top you know five and ten uh, with QBR and yards and touchdowns and everything, but at the end of the day, his team's still winning. He's still producing, and then you got to look at his ground game because I don't think we should solely fo- like you can't just you can look at the normal quarterback stats of passing yards, completed percentage, QBR, and passing touchdowns, but the game is developing so much more that you can't just look at that. And be like, oh well, this is the MVP because it's passing. But like, we're we got quarterbacks that run that. We got quarterbacks that can do X, Y, and Z, and that provide more for the offense that can be able to do more. So you should be able to look at the full picture of what they can do and what they can't do. So, all in all, Jalen Hurts should win MVP in my eyes. He is deserving of it. But Patrick Mahomes is still making a strong case. So depending on how the season and how they both do. I'm going to give it Jalen Hurts just because of his ability to how he's been running the ball, how he's been passing the ball, how he's been leading the team and helping his team to victories when he plays. Yeah, I hear that. I mean, I feel like, well, I feel like if Buffalo gets the number one seed, I feel like you automatically have to give it to Jalen. If, you know, the Eagles finish as a one seed, would you agree? I thought she was going to say something. All right. All right. I'm sorry. You cut out for me. So say, I did, not not did I cut out? I'm not going to say just. Go ahead, Chris. Go ahead, Chris. I'm, I'm not going to say just because they finished the one seed. He's going to he's going to one. Because let's just say, for example, um, Christmas um, – I, I forgot. But Christmas Eve when y'all play the Cowboys. Let's just say that the Eagles end up winning, but Jalen Hurts – didn't have a great game. Let's just say, for example, not saying he's going to do this. Let's just say he throws, he goes for like, he throws for like 150 yards, maybe two picks and a rushing touchdown. I feel like if Patrick Mahomes can capitalize on his week's opponent and go crazy, go like normal Patrick Mahomes, 300 yards, three touchdowns, Patrick Mahomes should be the front runner for the MVP. So just because they're going to be the number one seed, I'm not going to say he should win based off of that. Yeah, see, that's why I, I had asked that wins aren't. A QB stat question. Because of I mean, scenarios like that. The totality of the season. Well, on the inverse, on the inverse, like Jalen has a great game. He throws for 300 yards, four touchdowns, rushing touchdown, but the defense gave up 35 to Dak and CD and all of them, you know? Yeah, yeah if, so if he does that, and let, so if he does that, so on either side, move, he would still, he would still be the front runner, I think. Right. I feel like it's not it, like yes, your record should mean something, but I feel like it's also how you perform. So if you underperform and still win, I feel like that shouldn't make you the front runner. Yeah, that's all. It's pretty much bringing up. Yeah, but hold on, though. But like you got to look at it. You going to judge one game though because he had that one. Like let's say he has that one bad game, but there's 17 games in the season, so we're going to discredit his entire 16 games because of that one game. I, I feel mean like- that's. A- 
But I'm just saying you should discredit the record no, and just look at the body of work. That's a far stretch. I'm saying that's like just a body of work individually. And who helped her? That's the thing. Like 16 games to what? I mean, you could you can say Patrick Moon hasn't had, you know, he probably did something, but you watched him play. It could have been not been his best game. Like he could have had like, you could think, oh, 250 yards and two touchdowns. But, I mean, his completion percentage could be, like, in the 50s. So is that is that considered a good game or is it not? Because, I mean, you can, you can pin, you can break down each thing and be like, oh, well, I mean, this wasn't – he didn't throw his – he didn't really have a good game because it's like he had two touchdowns and no interceptions, but, like, like how many attempts and his completion percentage is QBR. So it's just like, is that all into a factor as well on a bad game and versus a good game? I mean, I think it all factors in because we just saw Patrick Holmes have an and Patrick Holmes since uh, not a underperforming game. And you see who the front run, who the favorites to win MVP now. Before that, who was it? There's a perfect example of it right there. Yeah, but that's just because they're going game by game. But like once the season's over with, I feel like they'll have to look at the full body of work and be like, well, I mean, at the end of the day. If you dominate all the games and you had one hiccup game and, you know, they dominate and both had a hiccup game, it's just like who, who had the overall better season from, like, the whole standpoint. So I feel like having one hiccup game and shit, like, during the regular season will change the odds and be like, oh, well, oh now it's Patrick in front. Oh, now Jalen's in front because, you know, bad games. But, I mean, at the end of the day, it's still like a full season. It's still like a regular season reward the whole entire season, not 14 games into the season. You know, or we, we're not, we're going to discredit, we're going to discredit one game, so you only get 16 games out of the person getting 17 games, because they, they all had, like, good games, you know, so I just feel like the totality of work should just be brought into it, and not really pay attention to week by week standards, because that will always change, because each week is going to be different. All valid points. Johnny, before we move on, um, do you want to just give your intake on the whole wins and losses thing? In regards to the MVP, um, at, at the end, of, I, I do understand the fact of you are what your record is. Um, what I was, um, I, I'm like I said, I be, I'm a firm believer in the league is a what have you done for me lately type of thing. But I guess like you do, you I will. I didn't mean to not say that you do have to hold the record in to some extent because you can be like, I mean, what what are the numbers that Deshaun Watson put up in in the Texans, what was their record? Was he being – he might – of course he was considered an MVP, but I don't think he was, like, the front runner. But if the Texans – but if their record's the other way around, he probably, he probably is. Yeah, because he led the league in passing yards that year, too. Word, but uh, and I, he probably was maybe – or something in MVP race, maybe he was, like, top five. But if that record's the other way around, he's number one. So, yeah, based off that theory, I have to agree to some extent. I hear that, I hear that. Um, well, I mean, either way you look at it, Pat, Jalen, you know, wins, losses, whatever. They're the two front runners, and I feel like the MVP will come down to either two of those men. But the best part about it is that neither one of them could care less because they both care. They care more about that Lombardi and that Pete Rozelle trophy than, you know, the MVP trophy. So whoever wins it will be deserving. I honestly wouldn't be mad if Pat won it. Of course, I would love to see an Eagle win an MVP in my lifetime. And this is the closest we've gotten since Carson five years ago. And, you know, the knee injury, which happened this week, five years ago, you know, it just it derailed that. But 
Jalen and Pat, moving on to our final topic of the night before we get into a little, you know, predictions for the World Cup. Our final NFL topic tonight, best NFL duos. Both Jalen and Pat are a part of two of probably the top five duos in the NFL. You know, Jalen has a connection with A.J. Brown, his best friend. Pat, Travis, best friends. Josh, uh, Stefan, best friends. Kirk to Justin, I don't know how close they are, but very close. Tua, Tyreek, very dynamic. Joe and Jamar, I mean, best friends. So, simple question, Johnny, I'll start with you. Who's the best duo in the NFL? Who has that best connection, at least on the offensive side, in the NFL? This is very, very, this was extremely tough. Like, this reminds me of the segment we did earlier of, like, the receivers that we predicted to, like, have breakout. And honestly, years. there's no wrong answer. Bro, exactly. Yeah, and that's those what... options, there's no wrong answer. There's no wrong answer. You said there is, Kendrick? Yeah, there is. I mean, if you're looking at for, like, who's you looking at a top duo, I feel like you can argue yeah. with only two people, with only with only two people, honestly, in the entire league. There's only like for just like this season or just overall. Hmm. This season or overall? Uh, oh, I'm just going. I mean, even if you look overall, like however the totality of the QB to the chemistry, even overall, there's really only I would say there's only two arguably number ones, and then everybody else just has to follow in line. All right, I want to hear you too, but I'm gonna let Johnny finish. Finish. Yeah, I want to shoot. I want to hear. I want to hear him too. It's, my, it's probably going. It's probably going to make sense to all of ours. But like you said, there's no wrong answer. But the thing is still tough. So here's how I did it. Like I judged it off of like like who seemed like you said earlier, which wide receiver quarterback duo seems to have the best chemistry. I, I and but at the same time, I judged it off of like the only stat I could probably go off of was yards per catch, which maybe might not have been fair. But in my head, that stat sticks out to me. Because that not not the yards after the catch, it's the yards per catch. Um, like that, I don't know if yet plays into that a little bit, but I feel like that 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 speaks out to me. The quarterback wide receiver wide receiver duo. Um, as far as those stats and AJ Brown's like fifteen point seven yards per catch. Tyreek Hill's fourteen point six. Justin Jefferson fifteen and Jalen Waddle's seventeen. So if I had to go with that, if I had to go with one choice. I got to stick with my team and go Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown just because they seem like they have that type of chemistry. I don't know if you see that. You just throws it up to this man. Other than that, <laughs> yeah, it was tough, bro. It was, because Tyreek Hill, because the, 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 throws that, the throws that Tua make to Tyreek Hill are like, wow. But because you just got to trust him on that. But the trust throws that Jalen throws to A.J. are just disrespectful. Like borderline disrespectful. That second touchdown. First of all, the, the two touchdown, two of the three. What you want to talk about, Steelers, this? And then that second touchdown you against the Titans. Oh bro, God. he fit that oh. joint into like a circle, like a man. And I mean, you gotta Go judge it off that. So, like I said, yards per yards per catch. But at the end of the day, if you can't judge about that, just what, what which two quarterback duos look like? They just got it, and. Uh, we look like we just got it, yo. I ain't gonna lie. They doing they doing the thing in South Beach, but we look like we just got it. Kitchen, let me hear your two, man. I I, I feel like Jalen oh, and AJ maybe one of them. That, maybe one no. of them. No, no, you did it. No, you did it. No, you did it. Come on now. <laughs> okay. 
Listen, are we keeping it just to wide receiver base, or can we just go to it any can be receiver, receiver, tight end, even running back? Okay. Maybe? Listen, I, I, I mean, the only one I can really see for running back is Justin Herbert and Austin Eckler. But even they're not even honestly in my top five. But the only the two number ones is Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, and Joe Barrow and Jamar Chase. Those, those are the arguably number ones okay. to me. Okay. I mean, if you look at like what, what was the what was the game? It was the uh, it was the uh, the Bills versus the Pat, the Bills versus the Chiefs game last year in the playoffs. They lined up. Him, they even talked about this. Like Travis showed up and was like Pat. Like if he do this, like they had the communication on the field without even without even speaking to each other, and they knew they had that intuition. I feel like that's the same thing with Jamar Chase and Joe Barrow. Just because I'm going right from LSU to the NFL, it was an easy transition, and they already had that chemistry. And it was just like – and then you see what Jamar Chase does. Having Jamar Chase out there with Joe Barrow is just like they just have him catch on a regular day. Like this is, they, they practicing out there sometimes how it looks. And then you see Travis and Pat, they, they out here looking like it's practicing. It's practicing. To that point, I will say um, that although Jalen and AJ they never played together until this season, they're very close, season. and they've probably worked with each other a lot in the off season. Probably just like just having oh, no, even sure. before they got to the NFL, like they just worked together just in the park, in the field, just on the field. Oh no, for sure. I'm not knocking. I'm not knocking Hurts and I'm not knocking Hurts and AJ. I'm just saying like if we really looking at true chemistry and like. Who's really a dangerous duo, no matter what? Like at the end of the day, they, if we need, if I needed a quarterback to pass to somebody, and I know that it's going to connect, no matter what, I'm going to grab Pat and Travis or Joe and Jamar. Easy. Honestly, I wouldn't even consider Kirk and Justin Jefferson as a five because I feel like Kirk is. It's like it's more so Justin Jefferson carrying Kirk. It's not a real even distribution in that. So I, I, that's what, it hurts me to say that about Justin. I love Justin. Love JJ. But I can't because I feel like he's carrying Kirk. It's not an even, it's not an even rapport between them. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's cousins. I mean, at the end of the day, I'm sorry, but it's, it's cousins. But, uh, Chris, how do you, how do you feel? There's a lot of choices, bro. But, yeah. Okay. So after thinking about this and after just again having to go look at the receiving yards again, um, I want to say that I have two. Now, for me, even though I don't I, – since the question was basically wide receiver, wide receiver duo, I'm not going to look at a tight end because obviously I think there's not a better connection in the NFL right now than Travis Kelsey to Patrick Mahomes. But not looking at that, I feel like the two that I have to go with have to be Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, and Derek Carr and Devontae Adams. So I'm going to go – I'm going to start with my – Devontae I knew it. I knew it. I'm going to start with them first. Hey, you know what's funny? He's allowed to be biased. That's still a good – Devontae's been ripping it. It it is. I was going to bring it up. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Devontae has had three three games this year when he has – I don't think – when he hasn't had maybe five targets. Or actually more than three games if he has five targets. He didn't – he didn't – he only had one catch against the Saints. He didn't do much against the Rams. And I believe the what what was the last team that he didn't do much against that I can think of? I can't th- put my I can't think of the last team where he didn't do much against. But even with all that being said, he still leads the NFL in receiving touchdowns, and he's still on pace to have arguably his best year ever 
as a wide receiver. Well, I, I can't say best year. Well, his best year of his career, and there's still four games left. So just going back to what Johnny was saying, talking about sometimes Jalen Hurts just throws it up. That's what Derek Carr does half the time. That flea flicker that they do works every time. That's how we score twice. That's how we score twice against the Chiefs. That's how he scored against the Chargers. That's how he scores most of his touchdowns this year. That flea flicker or just Derek Carr saying, listen, I had Devontae Adams on my team. I'm going to give him a chance. And he'll come down with it. I've, I've seen Devontae Adams catch maybe five, five catches with just one hand just because Derek Carr has that kind of trust in it. And like going with, going off of like what Kendrick said, when you build that chemistry, Derek Carr and Devontae Adams played college football together. So, I mean, they already had chemistry before this season even started. And now they're starting to get it back in the, in the shape. And I think by the midway point, we really start to see the true, the true form of what that duo can do. And I feel like just the fact that, you know, Devontae Adams and Derek Carr both signed contract extensions, so they should be here for a little while. We just, we have, we just have a lot to, we just know what we're going to see from this team moving forward. And, the reason I picked Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen, honestly, kind of like what Kendrick was saying about Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, it's just sometimes like you just give, you just got to give your receiver that look or you give your quarterback that look and they just know what they have to do. And what I saw them do against the Lions, I, I know it was against the Lions on Thanksgiving Day, but what I saw them do against the Lions, Josh Allen knew I got to give it to 14 and he's going to take, he's going to take care of me. Did you see and that video pregame? Yes. Yes, I heartwarming, man. Heartwarming. It was heartwarming. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. They, I mean, they just had that kind of chemistry. Where it was like, oh, they already, we already, I already know where you're going to be. I already know what route you're going to run. Just get there and I'm going to give you the ball. And when I think of wide receiver quarterback doers, I think of people that you just already know where they're going to be. So you don't have to ask them any questions or do anything. You just know, okay, you're going to be over here. I'm going to put the ball right here and you're going to make a play. And I feel like. And they look, when it key. Co- yeah, they look. And they low-key got the best handshakes. I'm not going to lie. They can't they do. Too. They do. So I feel like just when it comes to just wide receiver quarterback duo itself, I feel like there's not a better pairing than Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen. But second to me has to be Devontae and Derek Carr. And I know what Kendrick is saying about Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow, and they do have great chemistry. The reason why I can't put them up there yet is only because Jamar Chase has been injured a lot this year. I haven't really seen – I haven't seen that – same connection that I saw last year. And you can blame it on injuries. You can blame it on just teams targeting or finding out better ways to cover Jamar Chase. But I feel like this time around, I don't see that same connection that I saw last year with them. I feel like Joe Burrow has built a connection with T Higgins just as well as he's built one with Jamar Chase. So, but I feel like when it comes to somebody like Derek Carr or Josh Allen, they know that that receiver's over there, and they're going to get them the ball no matter what, and they're going to make a play no matter what, which is why I feel like they're top two when it comes to quarterback-wide receiver duos. Yeah, that's absolutely fair. Uh, Colin, how do you feel about this, man? Haven't really heard from you tonight. Well, well, add, throw in the question. I had to make sure my Who's your best duo? No, no, you're good. No, I'm saying, like, who's your best duo in the NFL? Yeah, I the best duo, I mean, Johnny, uh, John, my lawyer's gonna speak for me. Go ahead, uh, <laughs> Johnny, please, please speak on my behalf, please. Thank you. Well, you know, I pretty much, you know, he's been, he's gonna second everything that I said, you know, yes. my previous thing. Absolutely. Okay, we go, I ain't gonna let Nate, but I will say they gotta work, like, I'm not gonna lie, that, that was a great name, that was a great duo drop with Diggs and, um, Allen, because at the end of the day, Stefan Diggs is, 
he's the only, he's like, I was scared of Josh Allen as a quarterback coming into the season, but I'm more scared of Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs than I am of just Josh Allen. Well, that's, that's actually pretty fair. That's actually pretty fair. You know, honestly, I, I was waiting for y'all to say Gino and DK. I was waiting for it. I was just about to that's say probably Kyle, that's, <laughs> that's probably who Kyle was thinking before. I was about to say it. Say it, Brian and Jalen Hurts. Chris, excuse me. I said that's what you were going to say before Johnny timed in and said AJ Brown, Jalen Hurts. Then you want to say, oh yeah, them. <laughs> oh, that's not the case. Oh, uh, here we go. It's not the case now. Okay. Oh, wait, 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 Chris. Uh, you, have to, you have something to go on record, no. All right, all right, right. But if right. you want to talk about a better duo, I'm taking the card Devontae M. So let's just cut it out right there. Oh, my. Let's just cut it right there. Devontae M's got more receiving yards and more receiving sure touchdowns. So let's just cut it out right there. Mm. What's your record yeah. then? I, say, say, I knew he was going to say what something. What that duo contributed to? Win, wins and losses. Okay. All right, Jordan, go ahead. Uh so Wait. was it the duo of A.J. Brown and Jalen Hurts <laughs> contributes to all of the wins? Because there's been a couple of games I see A.J. Brown do absolutely well, well, nothing. Well, 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 I see A.J. Brown well, do Oh, I see A.J. Brown to the ball. It's about two games. I don't do this about two games. All right, all right. Hold on. Hold on. Do Lakers matter, Kingsley? Listen, listen, listen. I know records told you who the better duo is. Go ahead, Kendrick. Speak like Kendrick. Listen, listen, listen. We not gonna get Chris started because listen, Chris gonna start his train, and I ain't, I ain't, I ain't really in the mood to hear all that. So, oh, 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 oh. Kyle was on starting it. No, I, 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 I know, but I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm, tired. I'm, tired I'm tired. So listen, I will give you props though, Chris, on the Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen because you know what? They are certified number two to me. Certified number two. I will give you that one. I respect that but come on i don't want to hear you talk bad about any philadelphia teams i get enough of that and i'm tired tired i'm not talking I'm bad i didn't talk bad about him what did i don't say you know, that, you gotta interact. that don't mean you gotta interact <laughs> all i said was Kyle wasn't going to mention AJ Brown, Jalen Hurst until yes, johnny was. brought it up and he came back at me trying to talk about our record so again what did i say wrong you have yet to you have yet to answer that question. What I said wrong. This is a weekly thing. It's a weekly thing at this point. <laughs> no, we we gonna do it. <laughs> Colin always gets under Chris's skin. It's the best. It's. I mean, Chris, since you're already gone, you and Kendrick are already going at it. I mean, before we wrap it, <laughs> this might just fart. <laughs> No, that was me, dude. I'm sorry. I, I was laughing. I was laughing. All right. I'm laughing. Hey, yo, bro, farted. All right. All right. All right, but no, no, no. Hold on. Before we wrap it up, you know, we have the World Cup final oh. on Sunday. Sunday morning, 10 a.m. before football. Kendrick and Chris is going at it in our group chat. France, Argentina, Messi, Mbappe. Mm. Who y'all got? Mm. Colin, I don't know if you've been following or not. Johnny, I, I don't know if you've been following. I've I, been. I have not been following. So I'm I've only been following just, through my. Body. I'm. I'm, I'm here for the say. smoke of Kendrick and uh, Chris. I'm here for You're the right. smoke. Right. Kendrick, Chris, who's your world champion on Sunday? You already know. Listen, if I do Argentina's <laughs> national theme, national anthem, I would start singing it right now. That's how. <laughs> Play it on your laptop. <laughs> 
Kendrick is the smartest guy. Hey, the smartest guy right here. Right All I'm saying is, if you want to throw a nice little parlay on it, I'm taking anything over with Messi. Mm. Don't, don't matter. He said, "Listen, he's going to be the definite." You ever see the? You know, you ever see that one picture to do with the big backpack on? That's going to be Messi this Sunday. I know. Carrying the stuff out three moves. It's going to be him. Right. He going. He he is that carry No doubt about it. And credit him to getting there. Too bad he's got to go against France of all teams. So I'm, I'm sorry. Mm. Sorry, he's making sorry. Some That's a tall hurdle. Chris. Listen, listen, I'm gonna keep it. Listen, I'm gonna keep it above. After Morocco, I realized France is, is very liable, bro. Very liable. It's easy. Easy pickings. Easy pickings. Morocco exposed. Right. Easy. Right. 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 Listen, listen. <laughs> they actually had somebody who can finish the goal. If they could have somebody who's a finisher, who had that dog in them, they win yeah. that game. I yeah. promise you, they win that game. Okay. okay. They, they promise. got that dog in them. Got that dog. Okay. We, we talking Pitbull. We talking. We, talk, we talking Wait, Rottweiler. He, the, the, the dog. We talking a in a cane corso mix. That's how much dog he got in there. That's how much dog. Oh man! Listen, listen. You talk about Messi being the goal right now, and I and I agree with you. He is. But guess what? He about to lose to the next GOAT, Ooh. to the future GOAT. And his name is Colleen Mbappe. Mm. Remember that name. All right. I'm going to write it down. Right. Right Nobody worry about Mbappe. Uh, oh, you all worry about Mbappe. That's the thing. You just because uh, he messed up with your ticket. You still yeah, worried about him, though. <laughs> I can't trust him anymore. <laughs> I can't. All right. That's fine. Uh, listen, as, as far as, as, far as tickets are concerned. Yeah. Yeah. I, all right, dude, I got it. Listen, listen. I'm, I'm, I'm going to do two four-leg parlays, and I'm going to put Argentina on one, and I'm going to hedge it and put France on one. That's how I'm going to do it on Sunday. All right, you going to – hey, you got to get one of them right. I'm picking – one of them finna get right. Exactly. Got to get one of them right. Uh, Chris, like to add anything for Rihanna, see you unmuted yourself. Go ahead. Yes. Raiders. Back to that chance, France. Let's get it. All right, let's get it then. Uh, that concludes episode 82 of the Restricted Zone podcast. Want to give a big shout-out to Chris, Kendrick, Jordan, and Johnny. Uh, I'm sure the fans and viewers enjoy this. As much as we enjoyed recording this, you can check us out on Instagram at Restricted Zone Pod. You can follow us individually, respectfully uh, on Instagram. It'll be inside the description below. You can follow us on all streaming platforms, whether it be Apple or Spotify, Android or Apple. It's free. Check us out. Share, support, and we'll be back at it. Thank you.